Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. From the corner, Barry. Rick Barry has not missed a free throw against Washington. Now it is Barry. Back to Clifford Ray. Goes to Rick Barry. Golden State getting that ball moving. Intended for Barry. Barry, look at that pass. Rick Barry, look at that shot, would you? You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. Barry wants to make a move. There's a Barry. He's got his shot. Hey everybody, Rick Barry here with That's Right, that's my cohort in crime, Nike Surf Man itself, Cyrus Atchis, uh, back together again. The beauty of what we do is this, you never know. <laughs> I, I was so tired in life having to do a show every time and have to do it at the same time every day, five days a week. I said, there's no way in hell that I'm ever going to do that again. And the beauty of doing this show is I can do it whenever I damn well please. Yeah. Okay? So, and that's, that's the beauty of it. And to be able to talk about it and not worry about what the program director or somebody else over there thinks about what the hell I say. I mean, seriously, <laughs> when you do this stuff, I mean, it's such freedom. <laughs> really, it's, it's beautiful. So I hope everybody's doing well. I just got back from uh, this weekend playing in the PPA, Professional Pickleball Association Carvana event over in Pictona, a really great facility in, uh, in Holly Hill, north of Orlando, playing mm. in the men's men's doubles four five seventy plus age group and then played mixed doubles for some reason they got listed four oh there and i played with my former u.s open um women's mixed double gold medal winner uh linda bruder who lived in arizona then and now she's in tennessee this i won't even get into it because we're talking basketball it's a story for me to get to play with her again but it was really cool to do that uh and fun and then also with uh, gary wilson who's the father who i met through the pro teacher at the new indoor facility the pickleball club that's here in lakewood ranch florida that's going to be really nice i got he introduced me to his dad and his dad is 70 plus and we had a fun time and, and won a gold so i hope your weekend has been as fun as my weekend has been everyone because mine was pretty cool and then with uh chris hardy who's the head of uh, aloe md and some of our great uh, products we've rebranded <laughs> Aloe MD Plus, I talk about all the time. It's called yeah, <clears throat> yeah, Ultimate Repair X, Ultimate Repair X. And uh, man, I'm telling you something, folks. This, <laughs> those of you listening to this, if you've got something aching and sore and whatever, you can't even believe. I should be videoing all the stuff that happens at the booth when we're giving this stuff out and putting stuff on people. Even my partner yesterday, Linda, she come, she came over yesterday, walking around, watched some of the other matches of the pros and what have you, and put some stuff on her knee on the uh, the Ultimate Repair X. An hour later, she came back and says, oh my God, this is unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> so good. And it, it, that's what I'm saying. So it is such a product. So if you want to go go check it out, you can go to alomd.com or go to uh, ultimaterepairx.com and then check it out. Uh, some, some great products. Um, so anyway, let's get back to some serious stuff here. Well, real, uh, before we, we continue on, Rick, you brought up the fact that, you know, we, we do these shows on the mic'd up uh, uh, application, which anyone can download, right? So if you're watching the recorded version, uh, you can watch these live, you can submit questions live. But the radio industry, Rick, I don't think we want to go back to that ever again, because they're, 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 they're broke. They're out of money. They, uh, the Warriors flagship station, 95.7 The Game, just let go of their entire afternoon drive uh, show. Because they're really? Making- because they they're they're they they made uh, more money than any of the other hosts, and they can't afford to pay them anymore. So I think we're doing okay. I think we're doing okay where we are. 
<laughs> yeah, no, no, I didn't say I ever wanted to go back to the radio thing. That was too, mm-hmm. too restrictive. I mean, it's tough enough to do that when you're younger in life. When you get older, you want to have more freedom and time to do the things you want to do. I want to be able to go and go fishing in the Amazon for peacock bass or go fishing in Alaska for salmon and big, big trout and Dolly Varden and all of that good stuff. Or, you know, go out and visit Clifford Ray. You know, it was like two hours for me and go out in his boat and go fishing for trout and other stuff out in the inland passageway here, or, you know, coastal, you know, the coastal waterway. You know, I mean, so that's the thing. I mean, and to do things with, with your family and your wife, and be able to, you know, be able to be fortunate enough to go on a cruise, an amazing cruise to the Mediterranean this summer with my wife. I mean, I got mm. like, I love ancient history and I love history. And to see those places, it's just so very special. And I just feel so blessed that, you know, God has given me the opportunity to have the wherewithal to be able to do things like that. And, and, and more importantly, all health. So I hope everybody is enjoying as good a health as possible because that's what it's really all about, folks. It's the health family, friends, you know, and, you know, and then money there. Now money, they say money doesn't buy happiness. It might not buy happiness, but it sure can make life a hell of a lot more enjoyable. I can tell you oh, that. And easier. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yes, sir. How was Florida, by the way? How's the weather up there? Is it, is it getting was, It's getting cold over this weekend. It was a little chilly actually yesterday. It was only 70. Oh. It got to 70, early, low 70s and the wind was blowing. And it, actually, I, you're in the shade. I was chilly just with a short sleeve shirt on. And, but today it was wow. up in the High, high 80s and uh it worked out well um we actually got to play some of the courts are covered there so we were able to i got to play so i didn't i wasn't out in the sun all day long beating on me but uh but it was good it was fun i mean when you play doubles you have to have a good partner i mean you cannot here's the deal you'll never win a match against two good players if your partner isn't good because nope. they're gonna hit everything they're gonna hit everything at your partner and if your partner isn't good enough to carry the load you're not winning that's simple. I mean, if there's ever a, sport, or ever a sport where the partner is so critical, it's when you play doubles in the sport, doubles in tennis, doubles in pickleball. They go, hey, what do you do in every event that you play, every sport that you play? You attack the weakness of the opponent, right? Exactly, right? Court, if a team's not good on deep balls, hell, you're throwing deep balls all the game, right? You yep. run right, like, you know, off tackle. I mean, you find their weakness. Or the weakest part, maybe you know that's the, the good teams don't have a glaring weakness. That's why they're good because yeah. nobody can take advantage of them. So that's what sports really is about: is that you don't want to have glaring weaknesses because in today's sophistication of the way they study the game, they're going to go after you go in your weakest weak spot, right? That's that's just what you have to do. And if you don't do that, you're stupid. <laughs> I love no, 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 I'm serious. I'm serious. Sometimes I love you, Rick. Games. I watch these games, and, I, and you know, get like, look what happened. Look what the Warriors did. You know, when Clay went nuts, right? And then Steph just recently did what? They get the get the ball in the hands of the guy that's going good, right? You know, the, I mean, that's the dumbest thing ever. I remember watching in college when I told you one of my sons was playing in Stanford. They're playing Stanford when he was up from Oregon State. So I go over to the game. He gets three. He makes nine points, three three pointers in twenty five seconds. Didn't touch the ball for the next five minutes. I mean, I, I'm bringing up one that's near and dear that I remember because was, I said, I can't freaking believe this. And I've seen it happen with my other son sometimes too. And I watch it when I watch a game and I see somebody doing it. Why didn't they get the ball to him? You know, they just, and that is, that is back from basketball 101. <clears throat> feed the hot hand. Yeah. And yet they don't always do that. Correct. Yeah, it, it drives me crazy too. I, I, I feel you. 
I feel the frustration. Playing our music if we had our music. <laughs> I should have a queued up. I don't have a queued up right now. Um, well, did you watch the Warriors game last night? I, and by the way, I most I'm guessing I, I don't have to act. I was with What's people. Up? I was playing, I was playing and out to dinner with people and doing stuff, but I watched the highlights, and because I had to get there, you know, it was too late. It was too late here. So, um, but here's the deal, you know that to, if they lost that game with Giannis being out, I mean seriously, that would have been terrible. Correct. Okay? What I was most disappointed in what they did is when they went on the road after coming up with those big wins without Steph, and they get Steph back and he puts up forty, and they get crushed. And they lose, and yeah. What happened to playing defense? This is the same. I feel like a broken record, or I feel like Groundhog Day that I keep talking about the same thing over and over and over. You can't give up 130 something points in a basketball game on the road and expect to win. 48 points in the first quarter of, the, of that same game, I believe. 48 now, in a quarter. I mean, a team gets hot and doing stuff, but my God, that, that's just pathetic. I don't know what it is. If you want to talk about Jekyll and Hyde with this team from home and on the road, oh, my God. It's, it's and that drives me crazy about that part of it, too. I mean, come on, guys. You know, take some pride in what you're doing. I mean, you did to show and get those nice wins without Steph. And then you go over and play against the team that isn't one of the best teams in the league, isn't even a 500 team, but they're not that bad. I mean, Cyrus, I have never, ever, ever seen or can recall. I'm getting old, so I might not remember everything. Teams so close in the standings fighting for a playoff spot in both conferences. It's insane. It's making, I'm telling you, the fans have got to love it because every one of these games coming up now becomes such an important game. It's like they're like playoff games. Parody is here. Parody finally arrived, Rick. I think that's that was the goal. The same thing, too. I mean, look at yesterday. Well, of course, Kevin, I mean, huh. well, talk, we can bring this area up, too, right now, because talking about K, KD slipping on the floor and hurting himself. I mean, my God, that's happened to a whole bunch of players now. I just actually sent something off to Commissioner uh, Silver that we're now talking to somebody he put us in touch with, with somebody who has technology that can be watching the court and it shows in the court. It can see its spot wherever there's a wet spot. So if there's a break and, you know, something happened and there's oh. a wet spot to prevent stuff like that, especially in the key area and the ball yeah. out of bounds, instead of just giving it right away, they might be able to recognize it and make sure they have really good stuff to wipe it up with and not have the same mop wiping up in the fourth quarter as it's mopping up in the first quarter, right? To dry that stuff up. But then this device shows the color and it shows whether it's wet or not. You are I, on you something. Know, with the millions of dollars invested in these athletes, they'd be crazy not to try this technology out and utilize it to help prevent. If you prevented only one injury, it's worth it. Absolutely, Rick. That's a great call. Great. Th that technology has to exist, right? It has to. I, I can't imagine that not existing, an ability to sense moisture, you know? Well, it's not sensing. It has a picture. It, it's, it just sees it. And, and if it's wet, they can tell if it's wet. And they can tell if it just dried. I mean, so... There's a way if they're smart and they analyze how they can be doing it. My thought is, hey, they spot a wet thing. If it's a wet spot right in the middle where it's a problem in doing stuff, if a basket's made and stuff and everything and they know it, boom, put a light on or something goes on, stop the inbound play from coming. It's not a fast break or anything. It had no impact. And go out and wipe that damn spot up. 
<laughs> yes, sir. That's brilliant. No, they should do that. The, the one piece of great news that I, I just got right now uh, is that Jonathan Kaminga, who is the second person who rolled his ankle during war. Did you do the warm up thing, by the way, Rick? I heard Barkley on, on TNT saying he never came out early to do uh, warm ups. Like, he, he came out, you know, for shoot around before the game started. But, you know, players. I, I, never. I didn't say never. Was it? I, I did not go out to warm up until we went out to warm up for the game. Right. Okay. Why? Here's the thing. Why do I want? This is what drives me. This is another one. It had to drive me crazy every time. I, I have, have a lot of stuff that drives me crazy. It was, this is college. College. They come out, come in, warm up, do stuff on the court, go back in the locker room, come out, warm up. Sometimes go back in the locker room again. Yeah. Come out to warm up for the game. Yeah. What the hell? I mean. Why in the world do I want to warm up my muscles, go out there to do some things, do it, go sit down for however long it may be, come out, do that again, go yeah. back and cool off again, then come back and do it again, and like they should change like European stuff does, and give them a little time and have to stand around after I'm ready to play for the national anthem, whatever other bullshit they might be having going on, and get stiff again. Yep. In European ball, what they do is they go and they give them another two minutes after the anthems and the introductions or whatever it is to go and get back and just, you know, get the muscles moving again. I, I don't understand sometimes the logic behind the decisions that are made for stuff like this. I really don't. The only benefit I've ever seen is for the fans, not for the athletes, but for the fans. That's what, it. just to watch somebody watch Steph shooting around? Yeah, hey, that's exactly. fun and good fun. Hey, and you know what? That's fine. If a player yeah. wants to do it, on his own, but don't make everybody do it. <laughs> no, I don't think they are. But, but that that Kaminga that Kaminga ankle no, roll. The pros, like, no, the pros don't, but college does. Oh, they have to. It's, it's mandatory. The whole In team college? comes out. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. Yeah, it's I don't know if college anymore. I know. I stopped watching college years ago. I don't know. It. it I just. Yeah, but. Jonathan Kaminga is going to be okay, apparently. He, he's listed as questionable for tomorrow's game. And that ankle roll looks bad. I, I'm shocked. I really am. Yeah, I, so. Thank God that's the case because he was starting to play very nice basketball. And that's he's the one that's making, I think, probably um, of the three guys we had talked about before. Well, they've gotten rid of one of them. And, uh, no, actually it was four because, you know, Wiseman and Poole and. and uh, Correct. Yeah. And so we had, we had four. Booty yep. and Moody as well. And so he's making the most progress other than what Poole did. So it's basically we're, we're batting 500 here. We're two for four. <laughs> two for four in that end. We had four guys we were hoping are going to be major factors for the team, and uh, only two have really panned out right now. Have you seen the numbers for Wiseman since he's been in Detroit? He's put up some decent numbers. I did see uh, yes, a couple sir. of times. Had some nice numbers and rebounds. It's been. Uh, it's. I, I think it's, it's been get, every. It's hard, it's hard to get better on the bench. <laughs> it is. You're, but I. I still don't understand how the Warriors could not have used them for five, ten, fifteen minutes just to get rebounds, just to be an intimidator out there. I. I don't understand it. Anything that's going on this year. I. They just get. They just. They gave them away for nothing. I mean, they gave them away for a player they had last year who they could have kept. Uh, it's just. It's mind-boggling to me what's going on. I don't. Yeah, know. Well, Do you have an we opinion about this before? And, and my whole thing about that is, is that I. I'm not there on a daily basis seeing what's going right. on. Right. And so I can't. I can't say what why Steph Kerr or whatever they're doing it. 
but you did play that one take. I'm telling you that one little sound by, by Bob Myers was, was pretty interesting, you know, Very. making a move for somebody if he's not going to play. I, I, I don't know what it was. I mean, attitude. I talked to a few people and somebody said that they weren't happy with his attitude with Wiseman's attitude. Okay. All right. Yeah. That's, I mean, I heard that coming from somewhere. I mean, but again, it's all hearsay. Who the hell knows what's true and what's not true. Right. But I do know that he had potential. I mean, there's no doubt he had potential to, you know, to possibly be helpful, but you know, injuries, not getting a chance to play. Um, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. It's, it'll forever be a mystery, I guess. Um, but he's not here. So we got to make the most of it. And, yeah. Uh, just, but, in his last couple, game, Rick. You know, boy, had, you know, two other guys stepped up big in last night's game. I mean, what the hell? I mean, Deke Vizinjo, I mean, he thought he was Steph Curry out there. Right? He actually shot better than Steph from three-point range. Love that kid. Yeah, but look, Love. look at the game last night. This is why the game has turned into such a, a different game with the three-point shot. It's such a vital point. They have no chance of winning the game last night without threes, right? They, shoot over 40, they shot over 40% as a team from threes. Over forty, and Steph was, at, you know, Steph was at forty. Clay was even better. The potential, I think, was fifty percent. Pool had, I mean, this it was crazy. And well, uh -huh. no, what's his name had the other one, Jamichael. Oh, great game, great oh. game for Guthrie. Yeah, yeah, that was absolutely cool. right. You know, and speaking of hearsay, uh, you know, I I had a source tell me because another player that's been in the news for all the wrong reasons. And, and and I'm sure you and I both agree that we really hope him and his family are okay. We're referring to Andrew Wiggins, who is going to miss his 12th game. He's not playing tomorrow against the Suns. But um, I've heard that whatever the issue is, this might be like breaking news. Um, I've heard that whatever the issue is, it doesn't have to do with him. So whatever's keeping him out, it's he is, it's not Wiggins himself. Um, that is dealing with problems. And so, which leads to a family well, that's member. A, I, that, that's a good thing, Cyrus. Okay. I'm happy to hear that because nobody wants to see same. anybody having major issues to have to deal with health wise, family wise, whatever. But if it is a family related thing, you know, I would, it, I would like to know, I mean, I know people don't want to keep their things private and all, but I would like to, know what is it? What yeah, is it same. that critical for him being paid the kind of money that he's paid as an employee to not go to work, I, I'd just like to know what it is that, that's there. I, obviously, it's something that they feel is very serious to do, but I, I can't imagine what it is unless it was somebody on a deathbed. I mean, I'm just talking personally that I know some things, things happen in life and you're there doing stuff and everything. And I, I went and worked. I mean, you know, my wife's pregnant doing stuff now. They even take off and, you know, they think she's going to deliver and stuff. I mean, one of my, you know, uh, it was Brent. Was married and I was flying back from a game in the East Coast to do it while he was born and right. you know, remember the hospital. So, uh, yeah, as much as you'd like to be there and do things, there are certain things that, you know, I mean, some people don't even want to be there, but, you know, being in the delivery is one of the most amazing things ever to see your child being born. But, uh, you know, I'm not taking it anyway. I just, I just like to know what the situation yeah, is. We you all know, would. Totally what is so critical? And if it is, you know, I like to you know, say a prayer for whatever it may be. But to just say there's other issues in there and not say what the issue is, I mean, doesn't that create some, some concern or something? That, what is it? I mean, why was he missing all these games? Well, I was, about, I was going to ask you, Rick, you know, in all your years in the NBA, have you ever seen anything like this? 
No, I've never, I've never encountered it with anybody on my team or any situations. Yeah. Somebody has to go, whatever. But you know, something of this nature. No, I, I really, I really haven't. You know, when they say personal, usually it's because the player has some issues, and you know, he's got a health thing or a drugs thing or whatever the heck it may be. Um, you know, I, but I'm, hopefully it's not anything you know super critical. With you know, right. I don't know. I don't know what it is. That's I don't cool. want. I wish that on anybody, but I would just like to know. I mean, it's mean, fourteen games. I mean, he's a vital part of this team for their chance to be repeat champions. I mean, they don't they're win. Still, they're still they don't repeat, the, right? But they might not make the playoffs. Mm. They're in such a tight race for the freaking playoffs, and, and for him to not be there could be costing them other victories that would could be essential for the goal of getting to the playoffs and trying Correct. to repeat champions. I I just like a little bit more information. That's all. I think we all would. I'm not knocking him. I'm not knocking anything. I just need more information so I can have a better grasp on it. And then I can formulate an opinion that would be just mine. Yes, sir. I I, I, I agree with you wholeheartedly. Um, I just hope he's, yeah, whatever's going on, let's just hope he's okay. Let's hope he comes back soon because they're not winning a repeat title without him. And you're right. They, they just got to make, they, we're, they don't, there's no guarantee they're making the playoffs right now. So, right. Yeah. Crazy times. <clears throat> Have you thought what? What's your opinion on all the Draymond stuff? Uh, if, you, if you're okay shifting gears, uh, he's first of all, it's crazy how close he came to hitting the game-winning three last night. I don't know if you saw the end of regulation. He he put up that 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 three that would have won it, barely missed, rimmed in and out. Um, but in the last week, you know, he has this beef with Dylan Brooks, which is interesting in my opinion. Um, and then, did you see the on-court tantrum he threw? I didn't see it. Okay, all right. Well. I, well Darn it. I wish I could show it to you right now. So basically what happened is this was uh, during the road trip. I think this was the first of the, the first game of the road trip. It was the first or second one. And he's waving his arms. He's, he's in the paint, wide open, and Jordan Poole doesn't pass him the ball. The why of that, who knows. Uh, but Draymond, when he's not passed the ball, kind of does like a, like a whatever, like a hand gesture, like he's over it, um, starts walking away in the middle of action. Uh, Clay Thompson passes him the ball as he's doing this, and Dre's turned his back to it, so it's a turnover. The ball gets thrown away, and the other team gets it, is running down the court, and Dre is not even back to play defense. He just gave up okay. on the play. This is the game against two, Oklahoma City? This was, Yes, thank you. That was exactly what the game was. And <clears throat> and, uh, and and Kerr was asked about it afterwards, and, uh, and he said there was a disconnect. Um, that's what he blamed the issue on. And he's, and he said that he spoke to Draymond at halftime because this was right before halftime, uh, when this happened. Um, I, I saw that and did not think that's a good sign of where this team is. Uh, I was, I wasn't sure if you saw that as well, but Draymond's been in the news for, for quite a few reasons. And, you know, and he's, and he's hosting podcasts in the middle of the season, which worked out last year, but. You know, again, you're trying to just to make the playoffs. I don't know, man. What are you, what's your opinion? Here's, here's, let me just tell you what the thing is. Here's what, here's what it is. The squeaky wheel gets the grease. Draymond is a pretty intelligent guy, right? Yeah. You Don't you think that he knows that this is drawing attention to him and the people who are getting the attention are the ones that get chances to go and do broadcasting work, generally. <laughs> so, And they already had him doing something over there. So you don't think he's thinking about his future? I definitely <laughs> he is. And that's not a knock on him. That's smart. Smart on his part. Now, doing what he did, no. I'm taking a look at it right now as we're talking. 
and uh, try to see what happens here. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, and I, who, who, was it the Thunder that, that he did that against? I, I honestly couldn't remember which team it was. Uh, it might have been the first game of the road trip. No, it wasn't the Lakers, so it was the Thunder. Yeah, it was the Thunder, yeah. Uh, right, hold on. I'm watching yeah, it no right worries, now. no worries. No, I got I'm it right now. I'm glad you're looking at it because I, I would absolutely love your feedback on that. That, to me, the optics of it looked awful. Uh, it makes me wonder just, you know, the, the veterans, how much patience they that have. Was or, I'm sorry. Yeah. I, I, Draymond, I love you. I know what an important part and how important you are to this basketball team. That was so foolish on your part. You, so, so, okay. you actually didn't even realize there actually still was a man in the post. Even if he threw you the ball on the cut to the basket, it wasn't like he... he he dished you out, and you were—I mean—he had another defender on. I just watched it very closely. If you go back and watch the replay, you can see that it wasn't like he had the ball looked at you and looked you off. Right. Okay. That's a little different story. But even then, if you had not been—if you had been behind the three-point line and everything, and I had the ball and stuff, I would look you off too. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, you're, you're, I mean, seriously, you—you know—you're not a great three-point shooter. I mean, but hey, if you were wide open late doing it, yeah, he should throw it to you. I'm, Yanking your chain right here. I mean, so seriously, he didn't look you off. He made a cut. He didn't. He didn't have a great angle to have had a hell of a pass. But there's still another defender that was there would have been waiting for you. So mm -hmm. to, to react that way, you look back at it. I have to think you're gonna you're gonna feel like you know you, you did the wrong thing without question. Then what you did walking away was, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm well. It's nice. That's maybe why I'm not going to coach and do something because if you had done that, you would have been on the bench talking to me. <laughs> and that's wrong. I mean, and you have to understand that that's wrong. And I think he was upset, realizing that that was something that could hurt them. And uh, and to his credit, great. You know, you make a mistake, you man up, you admit to it. And I think he did that. So congratulations yeah. on that. But this is but this is not the first time that that uh, a veteran's been annoyed at Jordan Poole. And I guess we could shift shift gears to to Poole because. Jordan, I, 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 what, are your, what are your thoughts on Jordan Poole? I mean, besides the fact that, he, that uh, look, Draymond punched him at, 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 before the season started. Uh, Stephen Curry gets ejected for a game because he gets frustrated at Poole for bad shot, shot selection where he gets his mouthpiece and chucks it. Uh, there was another game. I couldn't remember if it was Clay or Looney who yelled at him. Uh, now Draymond throws a tantrum during, in the middle of the game because of Jordan Poole. What do you think? And then Jordan Poole himself this season, his, his scoring is up. His assists are up, but his shooting percentages are down, both field goal percentage and three-point shooting, and his turnovers are up slightly. Um, what are your thoughts on Jordan Poole in year four? I know I know he's right. taking huge steps, but what's your opinion on Poole? Well, I don't think he's taking as big a step as he had the potential of taking this year. I mean, you just right. mentioned right there, you mentioned some things that are not good things. Turnovers are up. Shooting percentages are down in both areas. Correct. I mean, so I mean, what, what you're saying, talking about, you know, that's that's not the kind of improvement. You, you want to get better every year, okay? And you certainly don't want to get to the point where you're doing bad things with the turnovers and your shooting is bad, which means your shot selection is tough. And I've always said this about him. He's got a little bit of Westbrook in him. Yeah. That's not good. No. That's that, not good. That is, that is forcing the issue. Try, he tries too hard sometimes. He forces things sometimes. Correct. And he gets himself in trouble when he does that. In this game, if you learn to keep it, like you say, keep it simple, stupid, right? Just don't try to do too much, right? 
Keep it simple. Take what the defense gives you because they're going to give you a lot. And he's so quick and he's got a great first step that if he just lets the flow of the game happen, occasionally maybe you see something, you could do it. But he has a tendency to really try to push it and make something happen that isn't necessarily there. And if he can learn to control that, that's going to help him a lot. It'll probably help with the shooting percentages, his shot selection again sometimes. It's almost like it's almost like he went back to when he first came up to the Warriors. You remember some of the shot selections he took? Yeah. Now, oh, now, I mean, he's taking Steph Curry-like shots. You know, and to his to, no, God, thank, for, thank God that to his, his credit, he's still making a decent percentage of them. But he's taking more tougher shots, which is going to knock your percentage down. How, if you were if you're his coach, how would you handle that? Would, would you def, would talk, you talk to, to him, him and talk to him and sit down and have my film coordinator, right? My film coordinator put together a reel of stuff, isolating and showing exactly what he's doing and walking him through it. And here's why. Okay, this is that's what you do, and I, hopefully that would be uh, you know that would be helpful to him because we're all visual. We're more more of a visual learner than hearing something. Yes, sir. See something and all, you learn more seeing something, okay? Like they say, seeing is believing, right? Yep. So, like that, because sometimes I remember, like, my son, I fortunately, a couple times I had somebody with the video, and I said, Son, you're shooting it flat. No, I'm not. I said, Okay, I'm lying to you. <laughs> you know, I mean, seriously. And so, you got to get the video out and say, Okay, here, look. <laughs> so, that's what I'm talking about. And that's the kind of stuff you see. That should have happened. I'll tell you the player that that should have happened to more than Jordan Poole. Okay? Who was one of the most exciting point guards in the league, white point guards in the league years ago? Oh, uh, White Chocolate. Is that you're talking That's about Jason Williams? Absolutely correct. He should have been sitting next to his coach, Rick Adelman, on multiple occasions with film showing him what he's doing wrong on the court and that he shouldn't be doing as far as coming down and forcing things, having a lead, taking a bad shot. I mean, and just to understand this is the way, this is what you want to do. This is what you don't want to do. And here you are, and you should be sitting down with your players going over that specifically all the time. Yep. All the time. The only way they're going to learn to do something right is to see it being done wrong by them. Because they'll believe it then. Yes, sir. And say, this is not lying. This is what you're doing. Did you, and here, here's what you need to do to correct it, blah, blah, blah. It's still teaching. I remember when I was sitting coaching, I talked to people, I said, man, you know, how come they don't teach them? Oh, we don't have time. I said, well, you know what? You need to make the freaking time. How do you not have the time? You've got all freaking day. You don't practice two hours every day in between games and stuff. How can you not have the time? And just even then, sitting down because you had a tough schedule, sitting on the plane, come up and sit next to me. Let's go over this on our flight, right? Whatever. You can find the time to do this. You need to teach these young men what to do with this absolutely unbelievable God-given talent and ability that they have because it breaks my heart when I see these guys doing things that, oh, my God, if I could do that. And know when to use the skill that you have and how to use it properly. Oh, my God. It just I'm, it really does. I mean, I, 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 don't, I cringe sometimes when I watch what's going on. And I just shake my head and say, wow, who's teaching this guy? <laughs>
what, what, what do you what do you make of of pool and the fact that he's so much worse coming off the bench I, i've been a proponent over on uh, locked on warriors of that kerr has to find a way to start him because when jordan pool starts games like the, the the splits between starting and coming off the bench are so extreme he's not a good player off the bench i mean he's averaging 14.3 points when he comes off the bench and when he starts a game he's averaging i think something like 24 25 Okay, but how, how many minutes does he play when he comes off the bench as opposed to the minutes he plays when he starts? That's the biggest factor. Good question. Um, well, so, uh, so tw- I'm looking at, like, the, the game log right now. Uh, so 25, 32, 28, 27, 26, 31, 34. That's just the recent run, uh, how many minutes he's played. Um, so maybe it's a little less. I don't, I don't know. So you're saying the correlation is that, but his shooting numbers are well, down too, like his, his percentages. Well, yeah, but here's, that's the deal. Sometimes when you don't play as much and it's harder coming off the bench to be able to shoot good because you're not warm. You've been sitting there for God knows how long. Right. That's right. why people understand it's a talent to be able to come off the bench and be productive. <laughs> so you see, you see in some arenas and some stuff, some guys do stuff when things happen. They have a little bike or something that they go on. Guys go over there just to get their legs moving and their blood flowing or whatever. It's not easy to do. Right. Right. So, so but it's, it, obviously having, it's obviously having a negative impact on Jordan Poole's performance. Correct. So, it is. You know, and that's not – you can't put the blame all on him because that's not easy to do. Gotcha. Okay. I mean, so think about it. Think about it. You're sitting down and you're sitting down. You get done. You warm up and do stuff. And, blah, blah, blah. and maybe you've sitting, you've been sitting for 15 minutes. Coach. Okay. All right. Let's go right now. Cyrus, get in. Okay. You've been sitting there for 15 minutes and you got to go in the game. And sometimes you get it. You know, the smart thing is you get in and you just get hard dust defense and you sprint down the floor a couple of times and try to get yourself loose a little bit as fast as you can. But sometimes you go in the game, a play runs, there's a break, all of a sudden they're there, you're wide open, you got to take a shot. Yeah. Okay? So your odds of making that shot, opposed to when you're taking that shot after you've been in the game for a while, are dramatically different. You're yeah, gonna and he's... Better, You're going to have a much better chance, more than likely, to make the shot since you've been in the game, as opposed to making the shot just then when you came in the game. Right. That's what's uh, so... having an impact. That's having a major impact on his, on his, on his performance and his shooting stats. So what, what, what the, tur- would, what hey, you- the turnovers have nothing to do with either. Right, right, right. But so what would you, so what would you do? I mean, would you just keep bringing him off the bench? Would you get creative and, and, you know, f- f- fit him in the starting lineup? I, I what, what would you do? I, I, this is a bit, this is one of the many conundrums that Kerr faces right now. Yeah. Well, I would talk to him and say, look, this is a tough thing, but I have to do what I'm going now. And we need you to help on the bench. I think you can be helped a little bit by this. And here's why. Here's what's happening. And show him the shots that he's taking, where he's taking them. To recognize, here's what you do. Get in the game when you first go in. Go, move, jump, run. Take a couple of sprints down the floor, whatever. You know, and hey, if you happen to have to get an open shot, you do it, we'll take it. But those first few times, you got to be moving all the time, jumping, moving, run, sprint. You know, get a sweat up. I mean, get yourself into the game just from a physical standpoint by movement and see if that can help you. And the thing is, unless it's a break and you're wide open, it's a shot you have to take or something. Hey, try to go and take your drive and go to the basket and get a layup. That always makes you feel good as well. But unless, if you're wide open on a three-point shot and you got a, you know, and, and it's a shot you should take, well, then you have to take it, right? 
You have right. to take it in transition. But in the offense, when you're doing it, the first time you touch the ball with somebody's off and you haven't played to take the three-point shot, you haven't had a chance to warm up, don't take it. <laughs> the, the numbers are so different between like it, it's it's crazy I don't, I don't i don't he's he's just legitimately struggling uh coming off the bench like is like he averages 14 what i just versus... told you cyrus is this is what he has to be trying to do just what i told you if he follows this game plan and does that see what that does as far as impacting his performance and his shooting and what have you i firmly believe it would help him. It's a bit sometimes even the sacrifices you want to get involved in the offense. Hey, just get yourself loose and warmed up a little bit and go to the freaking basket first. Don't just take a three-point shot. Mentally, it's so great. You see the ball go in the basket. It felt good and everything. And then you're down, you run. Now you're ready to shoot one. Change your whole approach to it mentally. Yeah, I'll read to you real quick the comparisons uh, between Jordan Poole starting so when Jordan Poole – and look, the minutes thing is a great thing you brought up. Uh, when he starts, he averages 33.1 minutes per game. Uh, when he comes off the bench, he averages 26.9 minutes per game. So that's a, okay. that so that's, alone that's, is a – That's over half a quarter. Correct. That That's a huge difference. When he comes off the bench, he shoots 31.7% from three. Uh, when he starts, he shoots 33.1%. Okay, so that's a big difference, but the bottom line of it is this. I am telling you right now, his shot selection is not good for the type of shooter he is. He is not Steph Curry. He is not Clay Thompson. And those are acceptable percentages. The 31, barely, right? Barely, to yeah. It's there. It's got a 30 is the cutoff point. 33 is fine. I mean, it's actually, it's okay because right. that's high 40s or 50% from twos at that percentage which is okay for a wing player, all right? The thing is, is that his shot selection is what's causing him to shoot 31 and 33 because, right. he, like I told you, he forces things and he takes tough shots. He's not good enough. And the, the sad part is, is because he'll make occasionally make one of those 26-footers and something. Right. <laughs> but the thing is, look at what – if they went back and did the video on it, I guarantee you his percentage would be in the 20s as to how many of those shots he's made. <laughs> and yeah it's and uh well and so and this the, the, a huge contrast between last year and this year uh is his three-point shooting and, and the regression last year he was shooting 36 percent uh from three and and we, we were we were noticing that regularly right i mean his his, his three-point shooting was exemplary 36.4 percent in fact and then this year it sounded 32.7 yeah, but he but he started more uh you mean between last year and this year yeah well, last year he started 51 games. This year he started 42. Okay, and well, there's still some, some games left to play. So um, I'm telling you what it is. He thinks he's a better shooter than what he is. Yeah. Because <laughs> he, he has no conscience when it comes to firing it up. And I yeah. bet you did research and look and had somebody go over film that his shooting percentage from Steph Curry range, which is like, you know, six to some more feet behind the three-point line, is probably dismal. And it's what's knocking down his percentage. I'm serious. I guarantee if somebody looked and did it, it that's, I'm sure that's the case. There's no doubt about it. You can't shoot from that far out and expect to be making a super high percentage. So 
if you compare his shots and shot charts from where, well, actually you have those things. They have them with the dots and all on. If you compared where his shots came from last season and compare and put their seats down here, it would be interesting to see how many more he's shooting from way outside. Yeah, I, I'll, 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 I'll try to find that. But again, it just it went from 36.4 to 32.7. That's a considerable regression. And he's putting up almost the exact same number of threes. Uh, he averaged 7.6 attempts yeah, last year. Yeah, but where year. are they coming from? Oh, you're, so you're saying this year he's shooting them deeper? Like they're more I'm difficult taking, threes? I'm he's taking tougher three-point shots. There you go. Well, that's – there you go. That's – You've just if that's if that's the case, Rick. You have just uh, found the answer that a lot of people have been perplexed about all season. And if the answer is he's taking harder shots this year, yeah, he better. Much he needs to difficult. be more selective. He needs they're more not, selective. Not, yeah, no, he has to be more selective. Exactly, yeah. that's the point I'm making, and that's that's on him. But no, not only him, but that's also on, on you know the coaching staff should be right. watching that stuff and be saying, Jordan, you're taking too many shots from too far out. Stop it. Did don't you take those shots? You know, unless the clock's running out and you got to jack one up, you can't take those kinds of shots because they're hurting us. And right. then if you went somebody, if somebody went and, and got a chart in the show and find out what his shooting percentage is from, you know, deep behind the three point line and you point that out to him, well, then you have every reason in the world and every right in the world to say something to him about it because the statistics prove it. Right. I, I, that's that's a that's some advanced statistics. I'm gonna try to do some research for that uh, and find it by the next show. Um, because if that's if that's the case, congratulations, sir. You cracked a, you cracked the code that everyone's trying to figure out right now. So. It is correct. I, I would. I'm not a betting person. I bet you anything. <laughs> Love it. I believe you. No, I, I watched him. I, I watched him. I watched him in some of these games. I'm saying I can't believe the shots that he's jacking up. Yeah, it's, it's, it's shot selection on his part. I will find that I'll find that data just to, to make it official. But that that's that's incredible. So there you go. So so you think and I'm the, hey, listen, and you know what you know I like Jordan. I mean, and I think he's coming along well and he's got you know tremendous upside. And if you listen to these little these are constructive criticisms of right. him. Constructive. Right. If he'll take this stuff to heart and actually do the things I'm talking about and let you know, don't try to force the game and all this stuff we just talked about now, he will become a better basketball player. Right. I agree. I, I like him too. I like him too. I think I, I feel like his defense. He's been uh, uh, criticized a lot for his D. I don't think it's actually that bad. Okay, let me, let like, me just point this out. Okay, let me just point this out. I get so okay. sick and freaking tired of every these talking heads talking about. Hey, he's a great defender. Doing shit. Bullshit. You don't win championships on individual defenders. Team defense, right? It's team no, defense. Right. If a guy's a great team defense, I'll take him all the time. I asked Jack Ramsey once on one of my shows when I was broadcasting work. I said, Jack, I give you twelve guys. Great, great individual defenders. Twelve guys, great team defenders. Which twelve do you want? So I want the but, team defenders. But even if you have like a, a great team defense, instilled, if, if an individual just stands there like a traffic cone, there isn't much you could do, right? I mean, that's been the no, accusation. No, no, listen, cool. listen, 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 listen. An individual guy in the player, sure, you make a guy work harder. So what? I had the best guy every time I stepped out on the court, and I had to work hard against him doing it. So what? I'm going to kick his ass a bunch of times. Okay, and if he doesn't have a good team behind him, I'm getting so many easy freaking baskets. It's a joke, and that can happen to everybody who's a supposedly lockdown defender. Okay, (laughs) I mean seriously, I get so sick of listening to these guys talk about that bullshit. You know, just like I get so sick of them. Hey, he didn't say he set a bad screen. That bullshit. Learn the damn game. (laughs) So let me ask you this then, Rick. Uh, The Warriors as a team. 
that's been one of the most noticeable regressions this year is their defense. Um, is it is it something as simple as Mike Brown's absence? Is it is it uh, injuries? Is it personnel? Mike like, Brown's absence. Do you see what Sacramento is? They're one of the worst defensive teams in the league. Correct, but they're winning at so, least. But so you're right. Not, yeah, but it's not Mike Brown's defense. No, it's the players making the freaking commitment and learning how to stay focused in the game and doing the things that I would assure you that Steve Kerr and that staff have been pounding into their brains all season long. And for some reason, it's going in this ear and it's coming out that ear. Occasionally, it gets stuck in there and they actually play pretty good defense. But then eventually, it slips out the other end. I will say this. The team defense since the last time we did a show, uh, which was, what, two weeks ago maybe? The the Warriors last time we did a show I think was 29th out of 30 teams in terms of uh, opponents' points per game. They've uh, improved to 25th. So that's yes, a progress. And you know why? And, and what helped them doing that was a few of those games they won without Steph because they played better defense and they didn't give up 120, 25, 30, 35 points in a game, especially when you do it on the freaking road. I mean, you know, come on. I mean, how, how often are you going to win a basketball game on the road when you let an opponent have 130 or more points? Right, right. 48 points in a quarter. What, what, do, you, what, do, you, what do you take from the fact that the Warriors actually have – There's all, this is obviously nothing – I'm just asking. I, I'm not insinuating anything from asking this, but the Warriors are actually better this year without Stephen Curry. They're 14 and 12 without him. They're an even 500 with him. Does that mean anything to you? No. <laughs> okay. What it does, what it does mean to me as far as any takes something important away from it is that the team is responding to him not being there and they're going out and putting forth a better effort I was interesting to see what this is another one. Somebody could break it down. I don't want to be bothered with this kind of stuff. I hate it is to go and find out what, how many points a game did the team score in the games that Steph wasn't there as opposed to the games that he was there. I can find that for you. I can. Okay. So points. Sometimes statistics can be very helpful and and meaningful. I think we get too analytical, (laughs) way too analytical at times. Fair. Agreed. Uh, but that, well, that agree. is one in this instance that would be interesting to see. How many points per game did the opponents score on an average in the games that Steph Curry didn't play as opposed to how many points they score when he is playing? Um, I'll, yeah, I'll definitely have that for you soon. What I have found so far uh, – oh, no, I, I found the all-time. It's going to take me a second to find it. I'll let you know if I do dig it up. But um, Well, that I is can't interesting. you're going to dig that up right now while we're talking. But if you do, <laughs> congratulations. Dr. Levin pressed the shit out of me. <laughs> well, let, let me ask you this, Frank. Last night the Warriors beat a Bucks team that did not have Giannis, but but they they you know they could have easily lost. I mean, the game went to overtime. It's they were lucky. To, they were fortunate, very fortunate to win. As I said, the start of the show, that would have been a terrible loss for them to oh. lose to Milwaukee without without Giannis. I mean, come on, agreed. That would have been so, horrible. So let me ask: you, Do you, in your opinion, despite everything that's that's happened to the Warriors this year, when the playoffs start? Is there anyone out there who legitimately is a threat to the Warriors? Do you see anyone that that the Warriors that 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 is in their league? Like like what are you what are your what's your thought on them in terms of their championship contender status as of right now? Well, if their defense is getting any better, they're not going to win a championship. <laughs> right. I'm just trying to think. Like, but here's the there's thing. No but Cyrus, one... Cyrus. Here's the thing: they've done it at times. It's not like this is some some pie in the sky, crystal ball, some magician that's got to come around. They have, this is in their hands and their brains 
as to do we want to become repeat champions. And if we do, we have got to get focused and play the best defense we've played all season long. There's still plenty of time to do it. That can happen. It's not like this is an impossibility. But based upon what they've done thus far, if they don't make that change, which is a drastic change as far as how good they're going to play. Right. They'll never they'll never repeat as champions. So right now you you you're not you're not feeling good about the Warriors uh, repeating as champions. Hell no, not the way they're playing defense. By the way, I got the I got the stats for you the the, the points per game with and without Steph. Oh great. Uh, Warrior the Warriors when Stephen Curry plays this year in the forty two games that he's been in they average one hundred nineteen point seven points per game one nineteen point seven. I don't care about their average. I care about the other team. Oh, oh, defense. Okay, I, I, I got you. Defense. It's all about defense. Okay, defense. I'll find that in just a second. But real quick, just since I dug this up, they average 119.7 points per game offensively with Steph and 115.5 without. So it's a dip of 4.2 points uh, when Stephen Curry is not okay, in the line. The bit. So they lose four points offensively, which is great when you're taking a guy who's a 30-point-a-game score out of the game. So that's that's a great job. Great. Yeah, so agreed. The defense, though. All right, so uh, so when Steph doesn't play, opponents put up 116.3 uh, 116.4 points per game. Um, and now let me see what that's without Stephen Curry, which is uh, which is better than their average. And then um, 118.3 when he does play. So it's a difference of two points. Okay, so basically they're going out and they're playing a little better at both. You know, they're losing a little offensively, but they're picking up the slack, but they're also playing better defense. Correct, correct. And, yeah. hey, and in, at the end, and the NBA, you know, two, three points is meaningful. Yeah, you're at, You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. Um, yeah, I, I'm with you. I, I, it is interesting. Is it, let me ask you this, Rick. Is it possible – that this team has done so much, they've accomplished so much, that it's just nearly impossible for the veterans to rise up in the regular season and, and have that focus, have that intensity you refer to. Uh, is it just is that possible that they just can't do it anymore until the playoffs start? Well, they damn better do it if they want to get in the playoffs. Uh, <laughs> I only thing I know is that. I, but I, I, I every time I put my uniform on. That was the most important game of my life. Right. Okay. I mean, and what I had to learn to do is I had to learn because of the playoffs and the further you go, I had to learn to control my emotions and not get so emotional about getting into the game and really wanting to play because I was draining my energy. Getting old right. and ready to do stuff, that sucks energy out of you. And I learned right. that. I did i learned that and i was able to do better with it and it's an important thing you learn and this is why the warriors if they get there have an edge because the guys have been through it so many times they know what they need to do to accomplish that goal and they've done it enough times to the point where they can repeat it and they know and they've got it they know their routine they know what's how they have to approach it to get it done right that's such a great advantage and that's why a lot of people are not counting them out because of those three guys and the experience that they have. And, of course, now Jordan Poole has had a little bit of that, too. That certainly would be helpful for him. 
So yeah, that's that's a that's a major uh, a major factor. We'll see. I again, it all comes down to number one. If they don't get their defense better, and they're just not going to win. I mean, it's because on the road, especially. I mean, oh my God, I would like to see the difference on the stats when you had those. Let's what's the difference on the road? How many did they give up as opposed to how many at home? That's another one that would be really interesting. I would be. That's a significant margin. In terms of overall team defense at home, overall team defense on the road. As to how many points they give up when they're on the road, and how many points do they give up when they're at home? I would, I would be, again, I would be willing to bet anything that the Warriors give up way more points on the road than they do at home. Oh yeah, I'll I'll dig that up for you in one second. Um, well, while I'm while I'm pulling that up, Rick, for, based on the eye test, and I'm with you. To me, the stats are just they they don't tell the whole story in basketball, especially uh, based on your eye test. What is your evaluation of the Warriors' big three? Like, are they still the peak of their powers? Are you starting to see age catch up to any of them? Your thoughts on the big three and and the years? Well, the peak of the thing, I mean, obviously, Clay is not. I mean, just the fact that he's even where he is is miraculous. Right. Uh, but offensively, you know, he's actually Dray- putting up incredible. Draymond, Draymond still is, you know, you know, efficient in doing things. I mean, he's not probably as athletic as he was. I mean, he's older. You know, and, and Steph is, you know, Steph is Steph. Steph is still playing at an incredible level. I mean, right. before he hurt, without those injuries and doing stuff, I mean, hell, if the Warriors had a team that was winning and doing better, he'd be an MVP candidate again. <laughs> yeah, he, if he didn't get hurt, you're absolutely right. He would be an MVP candidate, so that's true. So, and Clay, and well, honestly, But no, the Warriors would have to be winning a little bit more, too. That, too. That, too. Yeah, that's fair. But, but, but you know, you you talk about Clay, his offense, he's putting up career-high numbers. I mean, it's it's... Are you referring to his defense more? In, I'm in terms of over, the- overall, overall, he's not the same player. And he happens to be performing and he's maintaining because he takes care of himself. And so, yes, he still has you no know, time left to be a, a, a valuable asset from the offensive instant. And I don't, I don't worry about that. I told you initially, I said, I'm not worried about it. he may not be as good a defender. So what? He knows how to play team defense and he can shoot the hell out of the ball. <laughs> Yeah, you're absolutely right. Um, sorry, I'm still trying to dig up the uh, the the road versus home splits for for defense. But you're absolutely right because because I saw a stat not too long ago that showed that the Warriors had a top five defense at home and at the bottom five defense on the road. But that was like a month ago. I'm, I'm trying to catch up on that right now. But no, you're absolutely right. On the road, they're an awful team. It, it, would you was it fair to say that the road struggles is because the bench is just not nearly as good as it was a year ago? Because I mean, you know this as well as anyone. Role players struggle the most at on the road, and they thrive the most at home. And it that's that's what I'm deducing from this is that the Warriors' role players just are not as good as good as they were a year ago. They got rid of all their veterans. Um, it, could it be as simple as that? They, that their, their bench has just regressed in terms of talent, and that's what's translated no. to their road struggles. Listen, they can do what they do at home. Why can't you do it on the road? I mean, and again, it may be some of the part, like you say, veterans who are used to doing that. And you got some other young people who aren't as good. But it all comes down to the team collectively playing together and playing with the type of energy, with the type of focus that they show when they're at home. And don't be someone that just can't do that if you don't have the crowd going crazy for you. I mean, right. that's a great environment. That that helps a lot of players. I mean, a lot of players you know, are notorious for playing better at home than they do on the road. Right. Right. How did you do on the road versus home? I love playing there... on the road. You what? I love playing on the road. I, there's nothing more. There's nothing more gratifying to me than silencing an arena. I, I that sounds amazing. I, I yeah. 
That so you're not. I, so I could go there. I could go there and spoil the night for fifteen thousand people. Well, back in my day, the arenas weren't that big, so let's say maybe ten or twelve thousand. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, statistically, was there a drop off for you when you were at home versus the road? I don't know. I never really looked at it. I well, I know I do know that my stuff was better in the playoffs than it was, and, but yes. but uh, that's that's a whole other issue too with people. But to see what I did on the road, hey, yeah, it'd be interesting if you know, pull that up and see what I was able to do. But I would say it was either, you know pretty darn close, or maybe even better on the road. So the Warriors, here's what I found: the Warriors, uh, in terms of defensive rating, uh, which is points per 100 possessions, uh, the Warriors are third best in the NBA at home. Uh, they give up on average 108.1 points per 100 possessions. That's actually incredible. Um, and then when they go on the road, uh, that number, that number drops to 118.9. So, so 118.9 on the road, 108.1. Hey, thank home. you. I told you it would be a very significant difference. What do you, what do you, but what do you attribute that to? Like, like what, what I said, that's what I said. The players not being mentally focused. And going out and putting forth the same effort, despite the fact that you got people booing and everything and not cheering for you. That should have no bearing on it. It should give you more incentive to want to go out there, like I said, and spoil the evening for all those people. Because they didn't come there to watch their home team lose. So you're so you're saying that the that the team is just not putting enough effort and, and is not focused enough. They're not on the road, playing right? well enough. They're not playing the same kind of defense. Obviously, they're giving up 10 more points on the road. That comes down to what? Lack of execution, lack of focus, no lack, you know, less effort, whatever it may be. It's all those things combined. Yeah. That, that's the only difference. And the difference is they're on the road. So obviously they feed off of the crowd at Chase. I mean, but yeah, you can't do. let that be the case. And you're not gonna win if you if that's the case. And that's why I'm telling you, that's where they really have to improve. Rick, tell, tell, my, tell me and tell everyone else, what, what does it feel like to have fifteen to 20,000 people just giving you all of their energy simultaneously? What is what is that feeling like, Rick? Because I'm never well, going to know. Thing. It's nice, but the thing is, to be honest with you, yeah, it gets you pumped up and it's good and everything. I'm, I was so focused on playing the game and what was happening with the game. And it was awesome, you know, when the crowd is doing that. It was, it was awesome when you're home and the crowd's going nuts and you make a shot and they're going crazy. Your teammate does something. It does. It gets you going and all. And that's a great thing. But I don't get wrapped up necessarily in the crowd. It's just a little bit more of a sense. It's like getting a little shot of, uh, of, of caffeine or something. I don't know. Anyway, that's the point. But you still have to stay focused on the game and what is happening. But on the road, it was great. Yeah. You go you do something good in that arena, you can hear a dime drop. It's just oh. it's awesome. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's just as much of a thrill. I mean, you know that you just, you're crushing these people. They're dying because you're out there kicking their ass. Man, I I really wish I, I could I could have seen you play, man. That's a, that's a shame. But uh, how is that documentary going, Rick? Let's finish on that note. Uh, yeah, I know you want to finish up. I, it's still, it's still, you know, they're still working. I don't know. I haven't gotten an update yet as to where it is. So I don't know if they're going to do anything with it uh, this year. Um, I don't know. It's, it's a good thing you brought it up. I'll actually try to make a call and, you know, say, hey, guys, what the hell's going on here? 
You know, what's, what's it, what are the plans? What are we trying to do? You know, something, you know, during the playoffs or waiting and holding it off to something for next year. I, I don't know. I don't know what they're doing. I just hope that Joe and Peter and the Warriors organization make it into a big deal. I hope so, too. I, they have that there, huge TV no, outside. I really believe that we deserve that. It's still yeah. the most overlooked accomplishment in major sports history. The fact that with all of these documentaries and stories about teams that have been on television for the last, last God knows how many years, you know, all of those shows that they put together and doing it, to not have a show having been done about our team, you know, I mean, we're talking almost 50 years ago. Right. 48 years ago. And nothing's been done. Until now, sir. Until now. I can't wait. And how cool would it be to, because outside of Chase Center, you've seen that massive TV they've constructed. How cool would it be to watch the game, that, that documentary on that TV? They, I, I hope well, they do. Yeah, it. I really do. It was go ahead and open up the damn Chase Center and have the people come to Chase Center and watch it too. That too, absolutely. Yeah, that would be amazing. Um, yeah. And uh, you know, last time we did a show, Rick, uh, you you told myself and the audience that you were going to speak to your son Brent about the possibility of him uh, maybe someday being the coach, head coach of the Golden State Warriors. Um, and you said you're going to tell all of us what he told you. So uh, yeah. spill the beans. Bullshit. You know damn well right that I never said that. <laughs> <laughs> That's the last thing. That's the last thing. That's the last thing in the world that I would divulge to you or anyone. I know. Oh, Jesus. And it would, oh, really? If anything, I would think. I mean, just from what's transpired. I mean, you, I just speculate. I don't know. I mean, they took him and made him from VP of basketball operations for the Spurs to the general manager of their G League team. Right. So. I mean, why would you do that if you didn't want him to get some experience as a general manager? So I would think they may be giving some consideration to the possibility of that when R.C. Buford decides to leave, that maybe Brent will get that opportunity. So who knows? I mean, whatever it is, I'm sure he'll do well at it. I mean, if not, he can always go back to broadcasting because he was really, really good. He was so he was so good. Yeah, I, I miss him in the broadcast booth. You're, you're, yeah. People can follow Rick Barry on all social media platforms or rick 24 Barry. Uh, you've got the ghost sleeves business going on. You've got medicinal leaf. Go, yeah, well, on. remember, remember ghostsleeves.com, medicinalleaf.com, M E D I C I L E F.com. RB24 is the code. Just check out those sites. Put RB24 in the code. You get, you know, great discounts. The products from both of them I use religiously. I never play pickleball without my ghost sleeves, and they have other stuff there as well. Great product, lasts forever. Uh, Kinesio tape built into it. And then, you know, the medicinal leaf stuff. You know, we have other things. We're doing another company with Aloe MD that we provide the formulation to put them in this great Aloe product as well, and uh, that that's going crazy. And you can mm. you can check that stuff out. This is all natural stuff. Can't hurt you. I live Cyrus every day with that stuff, and it's Beautiful. just been unbelievable. Beautiful, sir. Always great to see you. Congrats on the gold medal in pickleball yet again. Two. Still two, I apologize, two golds. Still a champion. Hey, gonna give, if you're going to give props, you know, do it right. Will you? Yeah. Fair, fair enough, sir. You got it. Well. Fair enough, sir. Partners, they say, Gary Wilson in the men's and uh, and Linda Bruder in the in the women's. And so she, and she, they both played really well. They really did. And I was really proud of uh, of Linda. I hadn't played with her in, in a couple of, a few years uh, when we won the U.S. Open in mixed doubles. Uh, so, yeah, she was, she was good. She's a great. Interesting. She is from Okinawa. Japan, Okinawa, okay. Island of Okinawa. No, we see Okinawa, but you say, "Oh, you're Japanese." I said, "She says, no, no, I'm Okinawan." 
Oh, oh, okay. The, okay. the right. people from the island consider themselves Okinawans. There you go. Just like probably Hawaiians, I'm guessing. I had, yeah. I had never known that until she informed me of that. So there you go. So every day you should learn something new, folks. You just did. Okay. Congrats on everybody. your tool, Goldman, sir. You can stop recording. I'm going to go. I have to go send off my, my pictures and my videos and stuff to everybody with my pickleball adventure. So see you later. I love it. Congrats on the two gold, sir. Thank you, everyone. Bye. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.